people and purpose are key drivers of performance, but are most often overlooked. The reshaping of our society is demanding a more engaged workforce to achieve on all fronts. Yet most organizations often don't know how. They are forced to rethink what they stand for, the stories they tell, and how they are articulating and living on their purpose. I'm your host, Michelle Roberts, and welcome to Purpose First. Learn how top business leaders think, act, and achieve more by turning businesses into movements by putting people and purpose first. I am pleased and excited to welcome Ashley Etling, CEO and co-founder of Lime Loop, as my guest today. How are you, Ashley? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited. Ashley's career has been marked by collaboration, discovery, and continued curiosity regarding design, business, and technology. This has led her founding and building a multiple or building of multiple companies from the ground up. Central to Ashley's vision is the desire to create impact by building sustainable supply change from product to door, as well as creating a culturally sound company. When not contemplating a new idea, Ashley tests recipes, works on other founders, and spends time outdoors with family and friends by hiking and skiing. Welcome again, Ashley. So tell me, where are you today? <laughs> yeah, hence hiking and skiing and that passion. We're actually in Telluride, Colorado, where we um, spend the summer and really excited to get back into a lot of that hiking. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan too, uh, when, I, when I can do it. <laughs> um, we, uh, we're fairly close here to upstate Rochester, or upstate New York, uh, to the Adirondacks, and I've spent a lot of various times through my childhood up in the Adirondacks hiking too. So tell me about Lime Loop, and what was, you know, why did you decide to, to start the company? Yeah, I think in a very simple form, we're eliminating waste. And that really started from this passion of sustainability in general. Um, but with a long background in logistics, really started watching what was happening with the rise of e-commerce. And with the rise of e-commerce, started noticing not only at my front door, there were boxes piling up, but also at neighbors and then recycling bins overflowing. And while it used to be kind of more in the holiday season, it was holiday season 24-7, especially as we accelerated um, into COVID. Um, so with that rise, also we're seeing a lot of the other um, you know, problems that were happening within the infrastructure of supply chain and really started trying to understand how we could address it and add more visibility into, into the full structure from the point of uh, order is placed to the point of a resale program. And so long story short, that led to Lime Loop, um, which we're really excited to be a part of um, today. Awesome. Tell me about the name. Like, how did, what is it, uh, what does it represent and how did you come up with it? 
Yeah, so actually it came up at my last company. We uh, developed software to make it easier for enterprise companies like Target and Walmart to actually develop products. And we had utilized that software at first to develop our own products. And I was shipping a lot to vendors and my sister just so happened to be in a sewing class. And I couldn't find really, even 10 years ago, a truly sustainable package. And so I asked her to kind of create this idea of a reusable package. And four or 10 years later, as I'm starting to do research on the growth of e-commerce, um, I ironically opened up a box and this reusable shipper was in it and started talking to my former lead engineer at the last company. And we started really thinking through how could we really enter into this new market to optimize supply chains. And she also had these boxes um, piling on her front door. And um, we thought an easy entry into that was to not only solve for the waste of single use by providing reusable packages, but to also also be able to add technology into those packages to start to really add visibility into the supply chain for for many reasons you know one just to understand where inventory is and as we went into COVID and no one had toilet paper we started to realize how critical that really is and then also just um, you know adding more value to the brand so they can also understand where those packages are to decrease a lot of that inventory loss and save cost as well. Yeah, and for some, so for some viewers, they may not know what you mean by when you say uh, more sustainable packaging. Can you kind of give it your definition of that? Sure. So I, I kind of always go back to um, in kindergarten when we talked a lot about reduce, reuse, and recycle. <laughs> and when we, we think about the current system, um, we use packages that are generally recycled. Um, yet, um, you know, three years ago, China put in the sword policy, which started to say that we will, they would not take any of our recyclables anymore. And that's mostly how um, most goods are recycled. They're sent over abroad, upcycled, and then they're brought back over. And so all of a sudden, all the U.S. started having this influx of recycling and couldn't actually um, recycle it anymore. So a lot of our recycling actually within the single use structure goes to landfills, unfortunately. And so as we started to look at more sustainable options within that whole infrastructure, when we, we looked at reuse, which is kind of that, you know, second tier, um, um, to then eventually get to reduce. But within reuse, we developed a reusable package um, that, for example, if you ordered a pair of jeans, you would receive it in a lime loop package and you can take out your jeans, zip it back up, and then you just flip a label and then you leave it for USPS to pick it up. And then that goes back to the brand to be reused over 200 times. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been incredible to watch, you know, just the process in general. We went in with, of course, a lot of skepticism of, you know, will these actually be returned? And we've just been delighted. And I think that is a result of how much consumers are just frustrated by all these packages piling up at their front door and just like this relief of guilt and delight to be able to actually return that and see it used again and again. Yeah, absolutely. I try to do that with either when I send gifts out or I have a, a small business called messenger birds and anytime uh, and I ship them all over the world. And anytime I get a package where I feel like, Hey, I could ship one of those in there. I'll save it in my basement and just reuse it. Um, so on a very small scale, <laughs> I get what you're doing. Tell us about, you know, uh, how, how do companies work with you and uh, how do they come into contact with you? 
Yeah, so most companies um, can rent the shippers from us. And so based on how many units they're actually shipping um, per month, we'll send them enough shippers. And that can be done whether it's in in-house operations or if they work with a third-party fulfillment center. And then from there, it kind of happens similar to a single-use package. They can, you know, package them the same way. But the, you know, the biggest difference then is you provide this return label to actually send those empty shippers back to their operations facility they can be cleaned and then they can just continue to be reused over and over again. And kind of within that whole process, they have a line loop platform to where they can actually track their environmental impact, share that with their customers, but then also have API kind of tracking data to see where that package is. Wow, sounds like you've covered everything that's important to a business that wants to be more sustainable with their packaging. Yeah, there's so many layers to it that we continue, I think, to wake up every morning excited for what can still be solved. And that's what, you know, really keeps us going of seeing this future. We've just kind of hit the iceberg or the tip of it to actually really start to achieve those larger goals, which we believe will make even, um, you know, bigger impact as we start to look at the continued growth of e-commerce. I know it, you know, we haven't seen the exact results yet since 2020, but, you know, last year, it was probably at only 25% of retail and before, you know, COVID that was about 15%. So we'll continue to see that growth and really look forward to continuing to be a big solution and big player in that. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's really exciting. And it sounds like you really love what you do and you've, you know, you haven't, you've done very, something very different than what other companies do where you've actually built the business around a purpose and the purpose kind of came first and you saw you saw a big challenge uh, for our world and you kind of said, I have a solution. I think I can do this. So tell us, sort of walk us through um, what, what is the company purpose and sort of how did you, how do you vocalize and articulate that in, in the business? Yeah, you know, I kind of always come back to people and profit and planet and all those work really well together. Because if you build an incredible team and take care of that team, then that builds a culture that will lead to even a larger impact for the planet, kind of this mission that that everyone feels excited to come to work to. I think in my last company, um, a couple of our new hires, we were all talking and they said, yeah, we, we love coming to work with you. And, you know, we used to have have this feeling on Sundays where we had a case of the Mondays and they got this like <laughs> pit in their stomach. And one, I just appreciate how much I've always been loved coming to work and doing the work I do, but two, always wanted to create a culture where everyone was in a similar vein, excited to come and work on that bigger mission. And I think where profit comes in is that I continue to look at sustainability in a way that we can truly make a larger impact if we can also show profit with that as well. So so three, <laughs> three big missions out there that definitely keep me awake every day. That's awesome. And do you have what is the the purpose of the organization? Do you have a, like a statement or anything like a, a motto that everyone says or knows? 
Yeah, we always look at, you know, um, solving big problems and looking at that, not only data driven, but people driven as well. And that's where we look at making that larger impact, because while we're in this one phase of where we look at how we can create uh, more of a sustainable shipping environment, we continue to look at what that future looks like and how we can continue to plug into it and make it even more effective. And we know that we're just in this infancy of what we're seeing with problems. So if we're constantly understanding data and then that people element of humanity, then we can really um, achieve a larger mission. Um, you know, a lot of people used to joke, like, I say some days, oh, I just want to go make cheese. And uh, they say, well, you couldn't just make cheese. You'd probably go make like the largest cheese sustainable company in the world. So, you know, I think it's that passion too for really, um, really making an impact, but so that it really does positively affect people and the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like you said, putting people first and having profit, but also putting the planet first through the, through those three. So, um, and that, could you give any um, insight into maybe people that, that aren't fully aware of how much purpose and people can drive profit? Cause you know, it's hard to kind of track some of those numbers. Do you have any stories that you could tell that could legitimize like this, this idea that putting people on purpose first actually does drive profits? Well, I think one of my most fond ones recently, especially, I was talking to the CFO of Target and we were having this conversation and I asked him where he looked at sustainability in his P&L sheet. And he, you know, clearly said it's it's less about where it sits in the P&L. It's the story that it tells. And I think very clearly the story that now is becoming more clear and that customers are demanding is that the people and the planet really tell a true story on the PNL. And I feel Gen Z will continue to demand that. So we will see brands, even if they don't want to, continue to move forward in that story so that we do see the two come together. And when I talk about the profit and loss sheet, really talking about that uh, profit element. Absolutely. I love that phrase, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so based on your experience, and you've had, you built companies before this too. Um, has the core of purpose sort of been in the center, centralized throughout all those companies? How, how has that evolved for you? Yeah, I think Planet has always been a passion of mine uh, growing up in the outdoors and and that rejuvenation, the, the power of it, but also understanding the preciousness of resources and how that will continue to affect us, you know, as a whole of people and, you know, the planet we live on. Uh, and I think then that became also a passion of design thinking. So not only how we actually look at those resources and look at the planet, but also how do we really kind of look at it from a design thinking perspective and then you layer on these pieces of being in the bay area for many years and just learning about technology so that came that next layer of well how can you solve big problems with design thinking but then also scale them with technology and then you kind of bring on that that final layer which is you know that that people element and so as i continued to go through my career and building businesses each one continued to be kind of that next challenge as I gain, 
kind of achieve them, but get deeper into them and then wanting to continue to kind of build on that wisdom. So I say in a lot of ways, the design thinking came first and then the people. And now in this third business, really looking at that third layer, which is the planet. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, What are some advantages of building a business around a purpose uh, versus versus elsewhere (laughs) or versus doing it differently than that? What are some advantages? Yeah, I was recently talking to one of our stakeholders and we were having that, you know, classic conversation of when you're sitting on the old front porch when you're 90 and you're reflecting back on all the joys that, you know, you had. And I think to me, it truly is the people that we spend time with and then that we get to also potentially make an impact. And sometimes it's even as simple as, you know, building a garden for someone all the way to saving the gardens all around the world. So I think either way you look at it, it truly, for me, I want to look back and know that I left a stronger world for the following generations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the advantage of of leading a purpose-focused organization is that you're able to have more impact, you know, now with people that you work with every day as well as um the planet and the long after you know our children are here grandchildren and so on yeah i always look at you know um actions speak louder than words so you're continually acting in that way then hopefully that makes a larger impact for the people that you're surrounded by and that will lead and act and continue to spread that leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what would you say, um, how has putting, or how instrumental are the stakeholders in the success of the organization? Yeah, I mean, it comes back to people. We wouldn't be where we are with the people that have really, you know, supported not only the vision, but that have also rolled up their sleeves and, not only made introductions, but have also really helped us along the way. And just always that kind of, you know, outside perspective when you have questions on, okay, here we are, what direction do you go? Are we on the right path? And then that also that perseverance to continue to push the boulder up the hill. You know, there's days where in years where you feel that you're continuing to push and then all of a sudden you kind of get some clearance and you see the top of the mountain and you start to see a little bit of that success and come together. And I think that support network of those stakeholders is instrumental to continue to push back uh, what is such a grit most of the days. Um, While it seems so glorious on the outside, sometimes it is very much so a hustle in the thick of it. Yeah. And you had mentioned earlier a little bit about COVID and how people are buying more things online, e-commerce is going up. Um, so has it has it sort of helped the business? Has it created more challenges from a, a perspective of yours or? One, it's definitely has catapulted the company because many companies have realized that one, the black hole of visibility into a full supply chain is um, is not attainable anymore. That it's not a, can we do this? It's a, we must do this. And then it's also a demand from consumers as well of the shopping online more. They're also demanding new, um, you know, demands from their brands. And so when those two meet, we continue 
continue to see growth in a really positive direction. And then I think, you know, COVID's also brought a lot of reflection for people and wanting to live a life of more purpose and uh, more intention. So with that also brings more thoughtful consumption. And with thoughtful consumption, you generally start to understand there's other options out there. So why not support a brand that is also supporting the environment and also building a great culture where my kids could potentially work at one day. And so I think a lot of that has, while it has completely shooken up everything, I think in a really positive direction. And I'm really hopeful for what that future looks like, not only in retail, but all, all industries. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. I think everyone has take, been able to take the time to reflect on what's truly important um, from a consumer standpoint and also as a business owner and leaders and community. So that's, that's great. What's next for Lime Blue? Like, what are you currently working on or that you can share with us? Sure. So we're working um, on a couple partnerships with some of the world's largest carriers and also uh, retailers in the world. So we're really thrilled to start to see that continued increase of reusables landing at everyone's front door. I still get excited when one lands at my front door. That um, not only exciting to see it, but that ease of you know how to open a package and you know I think ah oh, so excited for the day there's no more tape um, to open <laughs> lane around. And um, and then we're also thrilled about the technology we're going to be releasing soon and how that can not only catapult the environmental impact, but also really start to relieve um, and optimize for a lot of these um, larger and, and small brands as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, so tell us, has there been any things that you've had to overcome as a leader, as a purpose-driven leader that you could share with us? Anything that maybe you know, that you've learned really quickly about that, you know, that can help other people. Yeah, I think with a purpose, there comes a drive and a passion, which with that also is a a want and a desire to work all the time. And yet while (laughs) single use is not sustainable, neither is working all the time. So I think my biggest challenge through my entire career and being passionate about what I build has constantly always been a balance of time and and where you put that time and I think now being a mom that has become even more critical than um, than I've ever faced and so that's been a beautiful balance definitely in my life and perspective but that that urge to constantly want to work is is very relevant in there oh that's wonderful how old is your daughter um I have a son who's um two and a half so he um keeps us very busy Oh my, my co-founder God. recently um, had a nephew and she's like, well, I don't understand how you ever get rest. I was like, yeah, it's okay. You can build <laughs> endurance over time. <laughs> That's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, we do not have children yet, but we do plan on it. But I, you know, I, um, it's interesting how, how it takes a, a balance to really get it all done. And I was actually on a call yesterday with a past client and she said, you know, what's great about you is that you've already built something that allows you to be very um, present with your work. Mm-hmm. And so having a kid will actually help you become even more present between mm-hmm. the two. So it's similar to what, what you were saying, that balance. Yeah. 
Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I think that is one of the most beautiful parts is as an entrepreneur, you live in a future state of optimism and vision and, um, you know, having a family and being present with the people around you becomes more evident and more important. So it becomes also a balance of present and future, which is a really, really beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like if you were to let any leader know that, you know, purpose drives drives us day night like it's always driving us um but it's good to have some type of balance whether it is family or friends or self-care um you know as as women there's I don't know there's so many layers of of being productive but also being productively restful (laughs) during certain you know times of our lives so that's awesome um do you have any resources that you'd like to share with the viewers um being you know all being your career having a wonderful career like you have and it sounds like you're just getting started so what's really helped you yeah the people around me I think there's definitely a theme of this I was um as you were talking about self-care and you know one thing that came to mind was just even the simplicity of walks um one of the things I used to do with a really good founder friend of mine who is now on actually Lime Loops board is um we used to meet at the same spot once a month and we'd set a timer for like 30 minutes and we just walk And we would talk and we'd catch up anywhere from personal to um, our businesses and how we could help each other. And and so I think sometimes the resources are right at your footprints and they're so close. They're right next to us. So really, you know, making the time to step into those people's lives and remember to, you know, reach out, especially as we've all spent this last year, very isolated. Um, I think that that's more important than ever. And you'll learn probably the most, especially if you can be present in those moments. Yeah, I think that's, um, I agree. Like there's so sometimes, you know, because of COVID mostly, but it feels so isolated. It's, it's like, once you do reach out, it's kind of like, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> or like, it was there all along, I, you know, I could have reached out, you know, especially um, I'm, I like having a very tight knit of women entrepreneurs, women business owners that we can, you know, share experiences with and, and be there. And it's so funny that it's not until after do it, I reach out and we're both in a lot of times just like, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> Yeah, it, it confirms some of the things we're questioning or what we're working on and then can also elevate the things we're working on or even inspire new ideas, which is so important because sometimes we're so, you know, as my son would say, stuck in the muck of the day to day. And um, when you really start to pull out of that, and I think we could do that with the people around us, that's when the ideas become even stronger and executed at a large scale. Yes, and more inspired and, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. And then that person follows up on you and asks yeah. you how it's going. And then that holds, you know, even stronger power to actually executing on it. Yeah, absolutely. So how can people follow you in your journey and um, follow Line Loop and be a part of that um, movement? Yeah, you can always follow us on social media. We're on all of them um, at the Lime Loop. And then on our website, we also have this actually very powerful contact form. A lot of people reach out and we respond back. So we're always here to talk to folks, um, you know, whether you're doing research or you're interested in u- utilizing Lime Loop for your business or just want to chat about your frustrations of single use. Um, we're always here and excited to grow with others. Awesome. Thank you so much.